Welcome to the Soda Baptist Church podcast. This message is part of the teaching ministry of Soda Baptist Church in Livingston, Texas. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged to grow closer in your walk with Christ through this message. We invite you to check out our website at www.sodabaptist.org for more information about our church. John chapter 5 and chapter 6, we're going to look there. Jesus tells the people there that I am the bread. I am the bread. That's going to be something that uh, this group doesn't understand. They do not accept the fact that Jesus says what he says. And uh, we're going to look at that this morning. I want you to know I was going in a completely different direction. Uh, I'll probably be preaching this message that I, I intended to preach today next Sunday morning, but I believe this kind of sets that message up, uh, talking about being the body of Christ here on the earth today. What I want us to look at this morning, we're going to see that Jesus is, is preaching something that caused many of his followers that day to stop following. And I, when we get into this, you're going to see, man, I, I can see Jesus is telling them what they need to hear he sees that they begin and develop an interest for what he has to say. And I mean, he is getting them there. And when he asks them to commit, I want you to know, the problem that the people in the, this day that Jesus, the thought, they quit following Jesus, the main reason was that they did not understand his message. He was speaking to them in spiritual language and they were hearing him in a physical language and they went, oh Jesus, I just can't go this with you. I can't believe this. And many, it says, turned away that day and and quit following him. The problem in our society today, the reason that many will turn away from this message in our day is it's not that we do not understand it. We do understand that this is a spiritual message. And what Jesus is calling these people to do is to fully commit your lives to Christ. In other words, He's saying, listen, I don't want to be second in your life. I want you to fully commit your life. I want to be number one in your life. And the reason that this message is not accepted today is because some people do not want to make Him first in their life. It's not from lack of understanding. So we're going to dig into this this morning. I want us to begin, I said chapter 5 and chapter 6, the most of our our message this morning is going to come from John chapter 6. And I just want to kind of let you know, kind of build the tempo around what Jesus is doing And I want you to know Jesus was misunderstood many, many times in His teaching because the people did not have spiritual ears. They were hearing with their physical ears and they did not know what Jesus was saying many times when He was saying something like, look in John chapter 5 and verse 24. John chapter 5 and verse 24 what we're seeing is Jesus is in Jerusalem. He's in, he's in the temple up there. He's, he's in the synagogue and he is preaching. And this is what he says in, in verse number 24. He says, 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believe on him that sent me, talking about God the Father, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Basically, he's saying, listen, if you'll believe that I'm the Son of God, and listen, you can be saved. You'll have everlasting life. But then listen to what he said in verse 25. They did not understand this. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Now, what these people heard was Jesus said, Listen, the day is coming, and it is right now that dead people are hearing me speak, and they're going to get saved. The Jews scratched their head, and they said, Wait a minute. How do dead people hear what Jesus is saying. They were thinking physically. They were thinking the ones that have passed on. These are not dead people in the physical nature. He's saying, listen, the day has come when those who are spiritually dead, those who have spiritual hard hearts, those who, who do not believe that I am the Son of God, there, the day is coming and now is when the dead will hear. Listen, and some of those that were dead believed and had everlasting life. Again, notice what I'm saying here. Jesus is speaking spiritually, but they were trying to understand in a physical way. How can my dead loved one that's over there in that tomb hear Jesus speaking? They can't. So when Jesus walks out of the synagogue, they're scratching their head and going, I don't know, this guy's a little off bubble here. He don't know what he's talking about, but he knows exactly what he's talking about. He knows exactly what he's talking about. So when we leave chapter 5 and we come to chapter 6, notice what it says in chapter 6, the verse couple of verses, and it says, After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, uh, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. Now let me fast forward here, and when we look at this, this is what's going on. If you, if you look at the maps in your Bible, you're going to see it says there, after these things, after Jesus had been teaching in Jerusalem in the synagogue, he is now on the Sea of Galilee. Now, is about 75 miles away. We don't know if this happened a week later, two weeks later, but it was after what John had recorded here. It was some time after that. Jesus is up there around the city of Bethsaida. You can find that on your maps back there, but he's in the somewhere around the city of Bethsaida, and there is a great multitude of people who are not only following him, but they're following his disciples. Now, when you go back in the other accounts in the Gospels, what you're going to find out that Jesus has sent out these 12 disciples and they have gone out and, man, they have healed a lot of people. The reason this great multitude has gathered, they have come back to Jesus to report, my goodness, even the demons are obeying us when we speak in your name. The demons. He says, we were able to heal diseases in your name. So they have come back to Jesus. Jesus is at Bethsaida. He is also healing everyone that comes. I want you to know there is a tremendous crowd that has gathered. 
Bethsaida is a very small town when you look at the contents of it. But these people have come because they're seeing miracles like they have never seen before. They come and they begin to accumulate around Bethsaida. And what we see here in just a few minutes, you continue to read. I'm not going to read all of it. But when you continue to read, what you're going to see is it was at this time, Jesus said, hey, look, there's so many people here. Hey, guys, why don't we feed them? You get the account of them reading or or feeding the 5,000 at this time. So they're way up there on the Sea of Galilee up here in a real small town. And we know when we read this that there's over 5,000 men. It doesn't include the number of the women and children. In a real small town, there's maybe estimated around 10 or 12,000 people who have gathered there. And Jesus takes five loaves and two fishes and feeds them. All right? So understand this. That they're already having trouble understanding what Jesus is teaching. He's already saying over here in Jerusalem that the dead are being able to hear him. Now he is coming. He's done another great miracle in their eyes. Look what it says down there in 6.14. Look what it says in chapter 6 and verse 14. When these people saw the great miracle that Jesus had performed, then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of the truth, that prophet that should come unto the world. In other words, they said, Hey, listen, we know there is a Messiah coming. This has got to be Him. Nobody can do the things that He's doing. This has got to be the Messiah. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take Him by force to make Him a king, He departed again unto the mountain Himself alone. So He saw, listen, after they fed the 5,000, five loaves and two fishes, they said, hey, we're just going to make you king. They come in and that's what their goal was. They were going to force Him. Uh, It doesn't say it here, but how many times have we read in the Scripture where Jesus says, it was not yet my time? There were several times they was wanting to kill Him and stone Him. And it says, and He slipped out of the crowd because it was not yet His time. It was not His time to become the King of kings and Lord of lords. Understand that day is to come yet. He is going to be the King of kings and Lord of lords. And He's going to be set His throne up over the nation of Israel. And He is going to sit on a throne and rule and reign, just like the Scripture tells us that He's going to do. That day was not today. So, we see that it says there, And Jesus went up on a mountain and He separated Himself by Himself. This is late in the evening. They fed the 5,000. So Jesus sends His disciples to Capernaum. Now again, if you look at your map, you're going to see that Capernaum is about five miles down the coast of the Sea of Galilee from where they are at. Jesus stays up on the mountain. The disciples go get in a boat and they head out across there to go to Capernaum. When He does that, this is the account where we see that Jesus, after the disciples have left, they're trying to roll their ship over to Capernaum. And this is, you can read this, okay? It's right there, right there past this. uh, Anyway, just right there. They're trying to get over to the coast, and while they're out there rowing, a storm is buffeting them, and they can't get over there. Who shows up? Jesus. Jesus comes walking on the water. And He says, guys, don't be afraid, it's me. And the Scripture says, 
It says there, uh, verse number 21, When they had willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land wherein they went. They didn't have to row anymore. When Jesus got in the ship with them, here's a miracle that is probably ignored by most. Poof! He showed up at the bank right where they was headed. Now, this is what happens. The next morning, this great crowd of people that have assembled over there where he fed the 5,000, they wake up and they rub their eyes and they realize the disciples had left in the boat, but they knew Jesus was still right there close. They got to looking for Jesus, and when they realized Jesus wasn't there, they said, hey, where did Jesus go? Where's our breakfast? We had supper last night. We went to church, and we got exactly what we wanted. We got our fleshly desires met and nourished at church last night. Hey, let's go back in the morning and see if we can find some more breakfast. Let's see what if we can go to church and find our physical needs, the thing that satisfies our flesh. We're going to see that in the scripture here in just a second, that that's exactly what they were looking for. They were not looking to Jesus, listen, because he could speak to the dead and they would come back to life spiritually. They were looking for their physical needs to be met. Okay? Look with me down here in verse number uh, 24. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither their disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when comest thou hither? In other words, how did you get here? We saw you last night. You didn't get in the ship with the disciples. How did you get here? Now listen to Jesus' answer here. Jesus answered them, and he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Then he says this, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed." I want you to know that is a huge statement right there. This is what he said. He said, folks, we need to quit looking so earnestly for the things that fulfill this flesh. We need to begin to look and desire the meat that lasts forever. We need to... You, have, you were happy that I was able to feed you that night, but you were, not, you were not interested in what I had to say about eternal life. You were not interested in what I had to say about believing that I am the Son of God. You were not interested in the things and the substance that gives you everlasting life. You were interested in what would just satisfy you for the moment. That's what you were interested in. Now, I want you to know that when the Holy Spirit inspired John to write these words... These words are applicable for that day and these words are applicable for this day and the church is not a place to fulfill your fleshly desires to make you feel good, to make you happy. That is not at all what the church is designed to do. The church is designed to give you everlasting meat which is through Jesus Christ. 
So when we begin to look at this, look what it says. Hey, listen, I want you to, there's a sincerity here. When Jesus told them guys this, look what they said. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? They said, okay, we, okay, all right, Jesus, you stepped on our toes a little bit here. What do I need to do then to, in order to do what you're asking us to do? Okay, what are we to do in order to uh, ensure this everlasting life that you're offering? Jesus says this. This is the work of God, that you believe on Him who He hath sent. Okay? Now, you need to understand what they just heard. They just heard that uh, Jesus said, You need to believe that Almighty God sent me. They kind of... We're going to see here in just a little bit, and they're going to go, Well, wait a minute. Aren't you uh, Jesus? Joseph's son? I, I went to high school with Mary. Uh, I know Mary and I know Joseph. And you're, what do you mean you came down from God? Uh, I know you. So again, they're having t- trouble understanding the physical when Jesus is speaking of the spiritual. Verse number 30 says this, And they said before unto him, What sign showest thou then? that we may see and believe thee. What doest thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, and he gave them bread from heaven to eat. <laughs> Bless their hearts, they're there again. Now they just saw him heal or, or feed the 5,000. A couple of days even before this, they saw him healing great numbers of people. You know what they're after again? <laughs> okay, Jesus, show us again. Appease us again. <laughs> Multiply bread again. Heal some more people. We want to see a sign. Hey, listen, in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, the Bible tells us the Jews require a sign. The Jews said, we're not going to believe unless you prove it to us. It goes on to say that the Greeks believe when they understand by knowledge. But Jesus Christ is saying, listen, you, in order for you to have what I'm offering, you've got to believe by faith. Here's the word they don't like. When you look that word believe up in the Greek language, when you look that word believe up, it, doesn't not, it does not mean with a mind, with your, your head knowledge. The word believe means to commit. The word believe means to follow. The word believe means to invest in. That word believe is just not to have head knowledge. They said, oh, we'll believe. Show us something else. That's what they were saying. Show us something else. So Jesus answered this way. He, they, they mentioned the manna that came from heaven, came from Moses. Jesus corrects him. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven. That didn't come from Moses. But my Father giveth you true bread from heaven. Now understand what he just said again. We we need to get our spiritual brains going this morning. He says, listen, God did not... I mean, Moses didn't bring the bread. God God brought the bread. But he's basically saying again, he also sent this bread. He sent bread today for you. 
There's bread here for you to consume. But he's fixing to tell him, he said, and the bread you're looking for, I am that bread. And listen, it's not just believe. Consume my flesh. Drink of my blood. Take in all of me. Let all of me be who you are. See, that's not what these people wanted. They just wanted what Jesus had to offer. They did not want Jesus to change them. Let's look on what Jesus has to say here. Verse number 34, it says, Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. I believe they genuinely wanted what Jesus was offering. They were not comprehending what he was offering, but they wanted just like Moses, hey, Okay, Jesus, you bring that bread, you lay it on the ground, we'll be glad to go over and consume it. Remember when Jesus was, the, was with the woman at the well in chapter 4 of John? And she, Jesus tells her, he says, listen, I've got water that if you will drink, you will never thirst again. She said, "Who? give me this water that I will never have to come to this well again. What was she thinking? Physical. She's thinking about, hey, well, give me some water that I can take a drink of this glass of water. I'll down the whole thing, and I'll never have to come back to this well again. My physical body will be sustained. That's not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was talking about, I am that water. Consume me. Commit to me, and you will never thirst again. Consume me. Commit to me, and you will never hunger again. So Jesus, and hey, listen, I really, I like what Jesus is doing here. He, is, he has got kid gloves on. He is handling this situation very delicately. He's taking them little baby steps, explaining to them. And then he gets up here and he says, And Jesus said unto them, this is verse 35, I am the bread of life, and he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth or committeth on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Next, for the next first couple of verses there, basically Jesus says this. He says, listen. If you will believe in me, I will give you everlasting life, and no one can remove you from my hands. I give to you, and I will sustain what the Father has given me. That's basically what those next scriptures say. So, this group of people who were there responded also. They said, Then the Jews murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother that we know? How is it that he saith, I come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. Listen, they didn't say this out loud. They were murmuring this amongst themselves. Another miracle takes place. Jesus knows what they're thinking. Jesus knows what they're murmuring among these 5,000 that are gathered around there. He knows. He said, No man come to me except the Father which hath sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up that last day. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this part. It says, This is written in the prophets, 
and they shall be all taught of God. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about that. No man is going to be with an excuse. All men are taught of God. Every man, therefore, that heareth, hath heard, and hath learned of the Father, cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God hath seen the Father. Now, we're fixing to get to this part right here, and this is... He hasn't said anything bold enough that these people have turned away and left him, but listen to what he's about to say. Verily, verily, I say unto you, this is verse 47, He that believeth on me have everlasting life. Again, here's that word believe. He that committeth himself to me, he that consumeth all of who I am. Jesus says it boldly, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that man may eat thereof and not die. What bread is he talking about? Jesus. He says, listen, if you will eat of me. Now, again, these guys are thinking physical. What did they just hear? Jesus, you want me to come tear off a piece of your thumb? You just said, he that eateth of me? He that consumeth me? Do you see what they're seeing? They're seeing something physical, and they're like, I don't understand this. I'm I'm not buying into this that I'm going to eat your flesh. He goes on to say, he says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Here he goes. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? You hear him thinking physical again? Then Jesus said this. This is it. This drew the line in the sand. This is when many turned away from him and didn't follow him anymore. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in me. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even him shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Referring back to Moses, this is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead, but he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Do you see why many of them just said, hey, this is enough of this nonsense? Don't that make sense? What were they hearing with? They were hearing with their physical ears. They were not hearing with their spiritual ears. And I'm telling you today, we understand this scripture, and we understand that Jesus is telling us this, you consume all of me. I came, and we are going to be observing the Lord's Supper tonight. 
which reminds us that Jesus Christ came and the bread reflects his flesh and body. He gave his body for us. The juice will represent the blood that was shed on the cross for our sins. And the scripture tells us there is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. Jesus did that. Oh, oh, listen. How many times, if you've ever raised your children, how many times have you stood up and said, I thought I told you not to ever do that again. And boy, you're just top of your mouth and you're chewing them out. And then listen. Then there's that time that you go and you sit down on the bed and you say, come in here and sit down with me a minute. I've got something I want to discuss with you. And this is that real serious time when you're saying, listen, this is so important. I need you to understand why we're going to do this my way and not your way. And listen, Jesus came to this point and he said, listen, I have tried to explain to you what you need to do to have salvation. But he finally comes down to it and he says, listen, This is just the way it is. If you're not willing to accept me and take me fully as my flesh that I have given to you, and if you're not willing to accept the blood that I shed on the cross for you, listen, there is no other way. Listen to what he said. Verse number 59. These things said he into the synagogue as he taught it in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. Jesus was talking about Judas that would betray him. Skip down to verse number uh, 66. From that time many of his disciples, now not the ones, not the twelve, but the ones that were following him, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And they walked no more with him because Jesus said, listen, if you're going to follow me, you've got to commit. If you're going to follow me, you have got to take all of me. Not just the part that makes you feel good when you show up. You hear me? Boy, this this is going on in my head right now, and I don't know whether to say it or not. I, I'm thinking, okay, Wayne, is this, is this your flesh wanting to say this, or is this the Holy Spirit that's wanting you to say this? I don't want to be negative at all, but listen, let me tell you, I was talking to a minister the other day, a pastor, and he said, listen, we have a great praise and worship group that performs at our church. He said, man, to come into our worship services, my goodness, it is magnificent. said, the feeling that you get when you come and those instruments are playing and people are lifting their hands and they're praising God is wonderful. He said, the problem I have is the very ones that are standing and lifting of their hands 
and praising God and shouting aloud when I stand up to preach the Word of God fall asleep within the first ten minutes. Now listen. That is this group right here that comes and they want to eat the bread. They want to eat the fish. But when Jesus says, I'm ready now for you to commit and follow me and take up your cross, leave everything behind, He says, they're not willing to do that. They just want to come and get the good feeling. I want you to know that Jesus Christ has called us to service. He says, come and follow me. Listen to me. He says, if you follow me, you're going to be persecuted. If you follow me, they're going to dislike you. If you follow me, even some of your family is going to reject you. Do you want to follow me or you just want to feel good by attending church? Do you want to follow me or you just want to feel good and follow me around as long as I'm healing people and as long as I'm, I'm feeding you? You're happy to do that, but you're not happy to commit and take all of me in and make sacrifice in your life for my cause. That's the question here that Jesus is facing. You see, he just inched into this. He just inched into this. And he finally said, listen, I am the bread. I am what sustains you. I am the blood. And if you're not willing to partake of the flesh and the blood, he said, listen, people will continue until Jesus comes to come to the church and get their, their physical fulfillment. But when Jesus Christ comes and He examines our heart, if we have not consumed the flesh, we have not consumed or partaken of the blood that forgives us of sin, we'll not be a part of the body of Jesus Christ. Wow. This is a tough situation here. This is a tough situation. Hey, listen, I don't want to be critical of, of any kind of worship. I'm not being critical. What I am critical of is our own hearts. The Scripture tells us that our hearts are deceptive. Our hearts always are trying to deceive us. The one thing that puts us back on track... When we open up God's Word, and we read it, we begin to apply it. I want you to know when we read it and apply it, my goodness, everything becomes clear. Jesus Christ gave His life for us. Do you believe? Okay, that's... I'm not talking head knowledge. Jesus kept saying that word, believe. He wasn't talking about head knowledge. He finally had to say, listen guys, I'm not asking you if you believe up here. I'm asking you, are you willing to consume my flesh and consume my blood? Are you willing to commit to me? Are you willing to give your life to me? I know we, we sing that song. I don't know what invitation song we're singing this morning. That old hymn says, I surrender all. That it means he's talking about giving your all to Jesus. Giving your all.
to Jesus. Next Sunday morning, I'm going to be talking about how God has, those of us who have consumed and taken Him in, He has called us here to serve. And He has called us the body of Christ and how we are to uh, involve ourselves in the things of the body. And we'll be looking at that next week. My question this morning is, have you consumed the bread? Have you consumed of Jesus Christ? If you are a partaker of Jesus Christ and the salvation and the eternal life that He has given, where is our service and our commitment back to Him as we examine ourselves this morning during this invitation time? Let's stand together. Father, as we come to this point of the service, we do realize that uh, you tell us to preach the Word. And God, just like you preached to this group of people, you gave them an opportunity to respond. Several times in the Scriptures, you would speak, and they would respond, and you would speak, and they would respond. God, it is our opportunity right now, as you have spoken, for us now to respond. I pray that you will be pleased with our response. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together.